Welcome to the Women's Running Coaches Collective Conversations on Coaching. This is the continuation of the Tanya Fisher interview. This is Season 2, Episode 3, Part 2. Interview is by Charlotte Lettuce Richardson. And going back to the Jane, so um, in, you know, 2002, and this is, again, I was still just the cross-country boys coach. I wasn't the head coach at the time. Um, I was just running. I had, you know, taken time off from, you know, the hard, hard training that I did. I ran for Santa Monica Track Club for four years. And I needed a break. I needed an emotional break, a mental break. My body was breaking down. You know, you really you know, aches and pains and just, you know, I was depleted. I mean, right. after a while, I just was really low energy. And so I took, I was just jogging, having fun. And I met these, a group of women, they kind of approached me. It was like three or four women. And uh, they just asked me like, Hey, are you still coaching? What are you doing? And I'm like, yeah, I coach the boys cross country. And they're like, would you coach women? And I said, well, what do you want? You know, what do you need? Or what's your idea? And they were, coached by this other guy, a friend of a friend or something, and they didn't really like his program and they knew who I was. And, and it's so kind of, again, like just, uh, I said, well, well, come, well, why don't we meet and let's just talk about it. So we had met in my living room and, you know, we just kind of talked about what their goals was. And one of the ladies had said, you know what, we want to go to cross country nationals. And at the time I didn't really know that there was this whole club scene you know? Right, right. And I said, well, that sounds like fun. You know, well, you need five people and you only have four. I guess I have to start running again. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and so it just kind of, oh, and then we decided, you know, we should have a name. And I said, well, we're all women and I'm going to coach. So, you know, we should think of something that's powerful for women. And, and uh, one of the teachers, there was another lady, she's like, you're a teacher and those books, see Jane run or see Dick run. And I'm like, yeah, see Jane Run, let's call ourselves that. And that was the original name. And then it turned out there was a store in San Francisco that said, cease and desist. You're like, you can't use that name, that's our name. And I was like, what? They stole it from us. So then we changed it to the Janes because it was just easier. Um, we always called each other the Janes or let's go Janes. And I'm like, hey, that should be our name. And so within a year we had changed from see Jane Run to the Janes and right away you know I, I did all the right stuff I like copyrighted and <laughs> I said no one's gonna take our name you know you live I mean you make a mistake and then you go okay now I know how to do it but it, again organically it kind of happened where five women came or four women and then we we started recruiting a few more and then it just kind of grew where like we just said you know what, what if we, we should go after a sponsor, you know, and someone's like, oh, I have a Nike contact. And I said, oh, I know someone that works uh, at the running store. Like, so at the time, Nike had opened their big, you know, storefront in Beverly Hills, you know, the right. big uh, showcase. And, and they started doing these run clubs. Uh, so every Wednesday night, they would have a run. And so we would show up because it was a fun thing to do. And I got to know the manager and, and our idea was, again, going back to uniforms, I kept saying to Liz, I kept saying like, why are these uniforms basically men's uniforms, but maybe blue or light green, you know, but I want some bold colors. Like, you know, and when we 
went for our first race, I said, I want pink. We're like the Janes. We're from LA. We're from Santa Monica. Right. You know, I want to look good. You know, I want to feel good. And we decided on a uniform that was not even a running. It was in the dance section. And it was just a top that was half top, like a crop top. And it had little lace in the front. And I was just like, okay, we're going to wear that. And everyone's like, what? You're crazy. And then the black briefs, you know, I'm like, well, we're going to make a statement. pink, right? What you it's have that on. color that you're wearing. That's why I wore this today. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's always been kind of my thought process was like, you know, you got to look good. We're women. We're all women. We're a women's group. You know, we're, we're, we're kind of unique in a sense. I mean, we're not being coached by men. We don't have a men like admin or manager or anything. We're, we're doing this all on our own. And we were kind of just, you know, coming up with our ideas ourselves. And that's what was so cool is like, we just have our meetings in my living room. We say, okay, what do you want to do? Well, how about we do this? Or, you know, what if we, you know, you know, and it was just like a collaboration. And I think that that's a theme. How do you yeah, do the workouts? I mean, how does that all happen? Do you plan them together or is the other coach and, and you get together and, and? Yeah, as we grew a little bit bigger, you know, some of the, the ladies were also coaches. And so we right. did just a general plan. We just kind of like on a Google sheet. And right. again, everyone had, you know, some, some were moms, some, like I have a police woman, you know, and her hours are nuts. Like at the time she was working through the night, you know? So, you know, I think our other thing, and, and it's, it's our mission statement, it's about balance being your, you know, like really figuring out what works for you. So like I run in the morning because I have a full days of work and I, when I get home, I'm exhausted. I can't go and run at five, but somebody else, could want to run at our lunch break or, you know, I'm not going to run that day and I'm just going to get on my treadmill or, right. you know, and I think the, what, what made us unique is that we were flexible. You know, we said, okay, we will have a Sunday run and we'll have a Tuesday workout. And if you can make it great, if you can't make it Tuesday, do the workout another day in the week. So maybe it's a Monday, maybe it's a Wednesday, but you're going to have to decide and then we would streamline like, oh, you know, if someone had an injury, they, you know, say, hey, you know, what do you do about this? And then there was always like somebody that was working as a PT, she would chime in. So it became a collective almost, you know, and it's, and still to this day, you know, if someone needs help legally, there's a lawyer, you know, and yes. it's not because I hired a lawyer, it's she's right. actually a lawyer. And I'm like, oh, why don't you just talk to, and her name's Mary, you know, Mary, you know, she can give you some advice, you know, or, oh, I want to start coaching. Well, we have five coaches on our staff, you know, or on our team. And I think that's what's really kept this group going. And the other thing is that people keep coming and going. And that's, you have to be really flexible because as women, you're either getting married, you're doing a career choice, you're moving, you know, uh, you know, so. Our, our roster tends to change a lot. And then we have young women, we have older women, we have masters. And the other thing that I've always focused on was, you know, like I'm an old, a master's, but I want to support the younger and we call them our babies. So baby Janes, our baby Janes are usually uh, young ladies that are coming out of college. They right. just finished um, and they just maybe moved to LA. They started a career 
and they're just looking for a team and a lot of them just want to keep going you know they're not necessarily wanting to you know make usatf nationals some of them do some of them don't but they want to still compete and they're good and and here's a way for them to continue but also getting you know like we're mentors for the younger uh like look you can you can have your career you can be a mom of five three two kids this is what i did when i was pregnant or this is what i did when i had to work you know nine hours i would just you know skip a day and then get another workout and and everyone brings something to the table so it becomes more of a collective and it's interesting because you know, now I'm part of this collective and it makes sense to me. You know, it's like we have coaches, we have athletes, we have, you know, mentors, we have designers, and yet we're all trying to help women, help them empower and kind of create their own path. And I've been very like fortunate that I've had people that have directed me and, and, and kind of led me in that way. And so I've always been very confident in making decisions and saying, you know what, this is good for me, but it's also good for these other women. And, and you, can, you can do it. You can balance it out. And it may not look like what you're used to, like no. two hard days in a row or whatever. It's like, make it your own. Like now that you're in, you don't have to run because you have to run, let's say, you know, I have to run this race or like in college, it was like, you better hit this standard. You better do this. You better do that. Now right. it's like, I keep telling the girls, like, they're like, oh, do, I don't feel like running a 5k. Can I do a marathon? I'm like, sure. If you want to run a marathon, let's go run a marathon. You know, but this is a theme for, of yours. Really, when you think about it, you know, you've had to be collaborative. You've had mm -hmm. to be that way your whole life. You started at a time when, you know, maybe there wasn't a coach there for you or there wasn't the coach that you necessarily felt you could work with. You found mm -hmm. that person, you moved on, you decided on college, not only because it's a great school, but also you liked the coach, you had a friend that was there. And now thinking about the Janes, again, you're talking again about being collaborative and also mentoring, which I mm -hmm. find amazing and and what we need a lot more of as coaches mm -hmm. we need yeah bring that kid in or that uh, older woman or that post-collegiate woman into that collaborative relationship so so i'm going to skip ahead and i'm going to ask okay. you a little bit i mean all of this is is fascinating i'd like to ask you a little bit about uh being a head coach for both mm -hmm. cross country and track and field yeah. and for both boys and girls and i guess the questions I want to ask you, was it difficult to be mm -hmm. a female head coach? Did you ever feel disrespected or that there was a bias? And then mm -hmm. um, how have you dealt with being a female and working with other head coaches, parents, you know, oh, gosh. Yeah. and kids too. I mean, you know, you're working with uh, boys that maybe have always been coached by men or girls that have always Correct. been coached. So yes. just how has that been as a head coach? That that might take five hours, but I know. I'm gonna so try just to... briefly, let's just talk mainly about. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. You have some really good points, Charlotte, and I think you know. Number one, I didn't want to be a head coach because I just knew all the responsibilities. I just knew that, and you lose a little bit of the coaching one-on-one, -on -one, which I thrive and love and the relationships with the kids because now you're in a different position. You're a manager, right? And so you have to kind of check to make sure that your 
other coaches are doing what they're supposed to do. And so that took me a while to really get a handle. Like if I felt, let's say, here's an example, like one of the weight coaches, he used really foul language because he came from the football mentality. And I walked into the into the weight room and I hear him swearing and I, I had to pull him aside. And this guy is huge. He's like, you know, six, five, he's just big old guy. And I was like, uh, you can't use that kind of language. And he's like, what? This is how I talk, you know, and just kind of just standing my ground. I go, if you use that language one more time, I'm going to have to let you go. And he was so shocked. And I just said it quietly because that's how I felt. Like I go, you, you don't, you know, demand respect. You got to earn it. And I can't have you on my staff because this is not my philosophy. I, I do, everyone that knows me, you don't swear. Okay. We are teachers. We're, we're in this role mode. And he didn't, he resisted at first. And then he's like, okay, I really want to be part of your program. Uh, yeah. Okay. And he did change. And, and, and I go, well, you know, that's great that you want to change, but we have to take the next steps. And he's like, what's that? I go, you need to apologize in front of the whole team. And he did not want to do that. And I just, I don't know why, but that's what I would do with one of my students, right? I mean, I treat it as like, you know, yeah, you got to own up to what you said because there's been some relation, like, because I know some of my girls didn't want to go in the weight room because he was so intimidating, you know? And I said, we got to, we got to make it sure that this isn't going to happen. So this is just one example. And so head coach, do you, do you in a sense, um, share with your coaches because you're a manager now you're you're a leader do you share those uh, philosophies and absolutely and structure with with rules I guess you would call them yeah I think um what I learned like my first year it was really hard because I was just trying to figure out what my role was and where I needed to be and you know I, I couldn't just come to the you know hang out with my my distance runners and tell them what to do and then like not know what's happening at the discus ring, for right. example. What I do now is, because I had a rough time my first year, because right. I was just all over the place. And I said, you know what? I need to centralize. Right. So I uh, invited all my coaches to a dinner. We go out to a restaurant and we, you know, we, I say it's going to take two or three hours. And I literally just hash out what I see this season, you know, what I, and it's basically my philosophy. I say, look, these are kind of the rules, but I don't say they're rules. I just say, look, this is how I see the season going. We need to focus on strength. We need to do this. I'd like to mix the groups. That's a very important one for me where boys and girls can run together. Some programs do not like to do that, but I'm okay with that. I've always done that. Um, you know, the swearing, meaning, you know, we can't, you know, my idea is that we, you know, have high expectations of our students. You know, we don't trash talk. We don't do this. We don't, you know, and just kind of set some ground rules. And it's basically what I believe is my philosophy. But I also want to hear from all the other coaches and say, what, you know, do you agree with this? Do you not agree with this? So it's kind of like a circle. I don't know if you know what circles are, but it's very big at our school. We, We call them learning circles or, you know, whatever you want to call them. And it's just basically that everyone has a chance to talk and share and, and so that everyone feels comfortable. And I, the other big philosophy that I tell them or my idea is that just because I'm a distance coach by nature doesn't mean that I'm not 
a throws coach or that, you know, when I go into the weight room, I can bring something. And I say that to all my coaches that you guys are the coaches, like right. we're all coaches. Right. And what I drill into my students is that if I'm not here and then so coach Mark is over there, you go to coach Mark, your he is coaches. your coach, you know, and I, I really emphasize that. And, and it, it makes it more harmonious that the yes. kids understand that, you know, even though like, they may see me as a distance coach, but I can go over to the sprint group and say, okay, today we're doing, you know, two hundreds and this is how I want you to do them. And so that everyone plays a role. And I think that's really important. And it's really elevated my program. I noticed that each coach felt that they can contribute. So like my, for example, my throws coach would come over and say to a young distance girl and say, you know what, you really need to get in the weight room. I have some ideas for you. You know, you, you let's, let's work on your arm swing. And, and they don't look at him and say, Oh, well, you're not my coach. They say, Oh my gosh, coach, that's great. You know, and that's my goal that every coach is every student's coach. And so that we're a team that doesn't matter if you're female, male, that you're a distance runner, non-distance runner, you're a thrower, you're a jumper. We are all working hard. And I think that's what really, uh, you know, helps me and it helps my, my assistant's coach. And I never say assistant coach. I just say, we're all coaches. We're all here, you know, and I think that's helped me in, uh, you know, moving forward. Again, we've got that theme of being collaborative, being collective, working together, the idea of holistic. And I think too, that if you respect your coaches that work with you, and I always say that with you, um, I think they feel more honored and more respected. And I, and I think it just makes for a better program. I've had the yeah. same thing happen with my throws coach when I was a head coach in Portland coming up to me and saying, that young lady is really amazing runner, but she could use some strength in her upper body, the same sort of thing. And mm -hmm. you do that if you don't, if the coaches don't feel like they can say those things. And Correct. So. Yeah. I remember when I first started my teaching job, and this is kind of that philosophy, and my master teacher, like, I, here I am going to start teaching, and we, he wanted to introduce us to, you know, the staff, or, you know, the, right. and so the first person I met was the custodian, yeah. and I was yeah. like, oh, hi, and then the next person was like the cafeteria worker, or, you know, and then other, call, like, so we went from the bottom, like, most people think bottom up, like, you know, like the... And he had this philosophy. He's like, no, we're all a school. We all work together. And so if you're not friends with the, let's say the secretary, you're not going to get your copies made or, but you know, but everyone thinks, oh, we should meet the principal first. And, you know, and by the time I met the principal, it was like, I rather sit and talk with the custodian. He's so cool. He's funny. And, and to this day, you know, I've always had that philosophy that we're all on the same level. And just to your point, what you had made before was if you start off that way, then, you know, I feel like it, 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 the kids really pick up on it and then they feel more comfortable too, you know? And so I've really tried to maintain that, that, um, idea that we're all on the same page. head coach and I'm way over here and you guys are below me. I don't work that way. I don't, I, yeah. So. 
And people pick up on that. I don't know. I, I, custodians have saved my life so many times yes. when putting on a track meet and I, the power, <laughs> I know no water or, and you know, th these guys are, you know, they feel a part of it too. And I've many times had the, custo the custodian standing next to the principal watching the track meet because they feel mm -hmm. that it's their track team. So well, I'm yeah. going to move on. Uh, fantastic information and I think all of us that are uh, becoming coaches uh, might eventually become a head coach and you know the idea is you do have to have a philosophy and you do Correct. have to talk it over with the people that work with you so that you all work together you're a team as well as the kids are a team so. what advice would you give to younger women coaches um, how should they prepare themselves you know uh, mm -hmm. what path do you think of becoming a coach and then possibly becoming a head coach yeah and that's a great question and I I was thinking about that and I really do believe is that number one you have to get along with somebody and and you can kind of instinctively feel that and uh, you know let's say you're interviewing for an assistant or you're gonna be a coach I think that you have to trust your instincts. Um, and that's guided me this whole, you know, going through just my past, I thought my instincts have always told me, I wanna work with somebody that shares my, you could say philosophy, you know, and also just your ideals uh, and whether you wanna call it ethics, whether you wanna call it morals, um, you know, like Pat Katie, the mentor that I told you about, he was the head, track coach at Samo High, you know, one of the things that he taught me uh, was, you know, empathy, right? And that's really important and compassion and just really learning about your athlete, right? Uh, you know, what are their interests, you know, besides running, but just what, are, you know, what makes them tick? And, you know, so again, I had something to learn and I think you have to be curious, you have to want to learn but you have to get along number one. Like if your instincts say, you know what, this, this guy, he's a little too harsh or he doesn't treat the way I would treat my athlete, then maybe it's not a good fit. And you, and I think I see this happen a lot where, you know, you just kind of say, you know, I need this job, I need this job and I'm going to make it work. But right. if you're not happy and your, your philosophies don't align, I think it might not work, you know? So I would say for a young coach, and which might not be possible, but if possible, talk about your own philosophy. And so that you can get reassurance. Like if you, if the other person says, oh, I don't believe in that, or, oh, I don't see it that way, you know, that might not be a good fit. So I would just really kind of figure out what makes you happy, what makes you like, why do you want to coach? Is it, you know, you want your athletes to be number one or is it, you know, a different philosophy would be, I, I like to make lifelong runners, you know, that's kind of, I'm a teacher. I want them to be curious. I want to teach them about the sport of running. I want them to enjoy it and find the joy. That might not be the same philosophy as somebody else, you know? And so just to have those, um, kind of just alignment is I think important and I don't know that might not always be the case but I think it's in the end it, it will make you a better coach and also this idea of learning and mentoring is really important like like I said before uh, 
you know, I learned about drills or I learned about, you know, strength programs and, and being open to maybe not doing exactly what you want to do, but say, hey, you know what, I've never taken on high jump. I'm going to learn about high jump and, and see it as a plus and not as a negative. I think sometimes because you had this one idea, like I'm going to do this and the head coach or another coach says, you know, I would really want you to do this, but you do it as a idea that you're learning something. And I think it's just how you approach it. I don't know. That's well, lifelong learning. You talk about being a lifelong runner, I think as a coach, you know, being a lifelong learner, being curious and being open yeah. to ideas. I mean, today I've already taken a few notes of things that you said that I will bring oh. up. No, I'm serious. And I'm, you know, almost 70 years old, but you never stop learning. You never stop uh, thinking about how you can be a better coach. Uh, so I guess the question is, um, what, uh, what is the best, best path, do you think, to becoming a coach? Um, you know, there's, unfortunately in the United States, we don't have this, you know, you have to have a degree in this and a degree in that. And I mean, anybody can become a coach. Um, yeah. But if a young woman is really passionate and wants to coach, what, would, what advice would you give to her? Yeah, uh, I would give her, uh, and I, first I would want her to just volunteer. And here's the reasons. Uh, when I first became a teacher, they, they, you had to observe and you had to kind of just see, like, do you fit in? Like, is this something you want to do? Because, uh, you know, working with kids is a whole other ballgame. Like some people idealize, like, oh, it's going to be so much fun. And then Teenagers are tough, you know, they can be very honest and they, they're not motivated. And so you got to kind of know your audience. So that would be the first step. Just kind of like maybe once a week go and just say, hey, I just want to see, um, you know, can I just watch practice or can I just come and, you know, see how you do it? You know, because I think you just really have to see uh, what your audience is, because also what age group? You know, I had a girl come and she wanted to, you know, coach high school and she realized, you know, high school wasn't for her. Now she works at the middle school and, and she loves it, you know? Yeah. So I think you really have to know your audience, number one. And number two is, um, I think it goes back to the philosophy, like, why are you coaching, right? Uh, do you want to inspire young women? Do you want to empower them? Like, where, what ideas do you want to bring to the table? Because you got to have that first. You got to have kind of like your resume, not like I've done this, this, and this, but more just like running. This is what running brings for me. And I want to share that and then explain why, you know, because as a head coach, I've had to interview or, you know, ask questions. And that's kind of what I want to hear from a young person. Like, why do you want to do this? And what do you bring from the, to the table? Not in terms of, you know, your accolades, but more just your philosophy. I guess it goes back to that kind of philosophy, you know? And I think those two things, if you do a little volunteer, then that usually opens up uh, where, you know, if the coach likes you or the program, they're going to want you, you know, and they're going to find a way to keep you. And that's kind of like what happened to me. 
And of course, you can go to some websites uh, here in California. There's uh, Prep Cal Track. They always have listings, and you know. And I would just again walk around the school, look, get a feel for the environment, because each school has a different kind of cultural environment, which may or may not be in line with who you are. You know, and that's important too. So, I think those are just some real easy things that just get you started. What advice would you give to your younger running self and then your younger coaching self? Is there any? Are you happy with the way your life has been? I think, um, and I, I tend to say this to uh, some of my athletes, where they are struggling, let's say. Let's say they have an injury or, you know, or, or you know, they're just not getting the time or, the, it, you know, they wanted to run a certain time. They're just not there yet. I, and you could see their frustration. And I just remember like taking one of my athletes and I said, let's go take a walk. And we just started walking. And I said, you know, you're not finding the joy. Right. And she looked at me and she's like, what are you talking about? Running so hard and this and that. And like, and she was all negative. And I said, see, you're not like, to me, running's always brought me joy, even in the hard parts, even in when I'm like, my knee hurts or I've had an injury, you know, it's, it's finding the joy. And I, so I, I, and sometimes you have to like just re, rethink and just say, why am I doing this? You know, um, and then you have to reassure yourself. And so I guess for me, my younger self or advising younger people, I just said, there were two things that always kept me running. One is I just love it. You enjoy, you, you know, working out and just find the joy. And then the second one is cherish your friendships because you guys are working hard together and you're bonding with your teammates and, you know, these friendships will last forever and just constantly just enjoy that. Even when, you know, you have conflict or, you know, ups and downs, it's, it's, it's all worth it in the end. And that's what's kept me going. That's why I've had such a long career is that I've had great friends and I've always found the joy. Perfect. Oh, you're wonderful. And you know, I, I, uh, I think that I've said that many times to athletes, if you're not enjoying it, if it isn't giving you the joy that you need to get from it, cause it's really hard work. So yes. Tanya, head coach, Tanya Fisher, you are an inspiration. Thank you so much for doing this. Um, I think you've given a lot of good information, especially for young coaches. And like I said, I've already got a few things that I'm going to try with my athletes. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. Cross country season. So thank you again. Um, thank you, Charlotte, so much. Have a really good day. <laughs> Love you. Love you too. Bye-bye. Thanks to all of you who have joined us today. And thank you to Runnerspace for their support of the Women's Running Coaches Collective mission. And stay tuned for more conversations on coaching at the Women's Running Coaches Collective podcast. Original music by Hank Richardson, TV Babe.